Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. I want to welcome each and every one of you to the series, Is It Okay To? Last weekend, we asked the question, is it okay to live the gay lifestyle, attend a gay wedding, or if you own a business, service a gay wedding? And if you weren't here, that's available on our website, and uh, you can also download the BC app on any smart device, and you can actually uh, listen to it anytime you'd like to listen to it. Today, we're going to ask the question, is it okay to drink alcohol and or smoke marijuana? And I am so excited that you're here for this particular lesson. So I want to begin by talking about my early life. I met Christ at 19. I was just ready to turn 20. And at that particular time in my life, I was what you would call a heavy drinker. So I thought I would show you what a binge drinker is, a heavy drinker. These are stats by the medical profession and our government. And here's what they say. Binge drinking is four drinks for a woman and five drinks for men over a couple hour period. That's a binge drinker. Now, here's a heavy drinker. That's, this is what I was. Binge drinking five or more times per month. And so my typical month was Friday, Saturday, and sometimes Sunday night, um, I, would, I would binge drink. So that's why I say I was, a, I was a heavy drinker. And so then I met Christ right when I was just ready to turn 20, and I meet him one day. The next morning, I wake up, and guess what, what happens? It freaked me out. Never happened before up to that time. God spoke to my heart. It wasn't these ears, but it was here. And here's what God spoke. He said, stop drinking. And, and it just freaked me out because it was like I could hear God inside here saying, stop drinking. So I did. But there's something else that I did. <laughs> I also put or placed drinking into the category of a sin. And I felt it was a sin for any Christian to drink. And so I became very, very legalistic. And so today I have this opportunity to answer a really important question for all Christians. Is it okay to drink alcohol? That's what I want to deal with first, and then we'll deal with marijuana a little bit later and uh, have some fun with it also. So I thought it would be best to open up with what I call my big idea. This is the point of today's lesson. This is what I want you to walk out never forgetting, remembering it uh, as long as you live, and understanding it more clearly than you currently understand it. And it goes like this. God's will is that only he influences our will. That's the will of God. So our will is referring to you and I being in control, you and I being able to be in total control of you know, what we do, what we don't do. And of course, God's will is referring to what he wants for our life. So here's what's cool about God. Um, God has what we would call his general will, and that's what he wants every Christian to do. And there's many different things that God will say in the Bible, this is my will, it's for every Christian. And then he has a specific will. So after I accepted Christ, I had this opportunity. My uncle wanted me to go to Southern California where he lived, take over his business. And I was excited because I wanted to leave Ohio. I wanted to go to Southern California and do this. And then God spoke to my heart. He dealt with me and said, I want you to go to Bible school. 
And that's what we call specific will. He may never ask you to do that, but he asked me to do that. And he really wouldn't quit nagging me. So I said yes, and I finally went. Then I graduate from Bible school, and I'm wanting to stay in Oklahoma where I went to Bible school because they offered me the executive pastor position in the church I was involved in. And I wanted to be there, and then God dealt with me and said, I want you to go back to Warren and start Believers. And I didn't want to do it. I fought him, not because I didn't want to be in Warren, but I didn't want that responsibility of being the head guy at 24 years of age. But God kept dealing with me, that's what I want you to do. And so that's specific will, and obviously I did that. This is the general will of God. So here's what God's saying to each and every one of us. God's will is that only he influences our will. And here's a scripture, Ephesians 5.17. Therefore, do not be unwise but understand what the will of the Lord is. This is general will, not specific will. So he's about to tell us one thing that's the will of God. This is really important. And here's what he says, verse 18. Do not be drunk with wine, for that is reckless living, but be filled with the Spirit. So here's the will of God. It's real simple. God's will is that only he influences our will. When we're drunk, we're, we're not in control. And he calls it reckless living in this translation. And all that means is you're going to cross lines you would never cross if you were sober. All that means is you may get in a car accident you would have never gotten into if you were sober. So God's will is that we're never under the influence of anything but him. And that's what the latter part is saying. It's just simply saying but be filled with the Spirit. So if you're charismatic like I am, being filled with the Spirit can be and is referring to you know, praying in other tongues, which will fill you up. But also, the very next verse says, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So what's another way to be filled with the Spirit for charismatics and non-charismatics? Play worship music, sing worship music. And what happens? Every time we have a service here at Believers, we always sing four songs. And what, what do you feel like after you sing those four songs? I mean, you feel good, don't you? What happened? You filled up with God. That's one way of filling up with God. And whatever you're filled with controls you. So here's all God's saying is, I want to be the one that controls you. I don't want alcohol or any other substance to take over. That's the will of God for every Christian. And that's why in the book of Proverbs, it tells us, hey, man, if you're given to over-drinking and uh, you end up being so drunk, people beat you up and you don't feel it, and then you wake up the next day and say, I want another drink, that would be an alcoholic. It says, man, stay away from that stuff. God doesn't want us drunk. But the question is, today, the big question is, can we drink moderately? So we want to place this through the GYO filter. Remember, G stands for God. God's either going to give us permission, prohibition, or he won't directly say anything about it, so we have to find out by principle. So it's, it's either going to be permission, prohibition, or principle. The Y filter is you. Can you handle it? So if God gives you permission, you have to ask, can I handle it? And then the O filter is others, and we want to make sure we, we don't mess up our witness. We want to make sure we don't make other Christians stumble. So we'll, we'll take a look at this. We need to find out which, which thing God says about it. Does he give us permission for it? So I thought I would begin with a scripture. It's a pretty cool, cool scripture. This is the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to Timothy, and he says this. He says, 1 Timothy 5.23, don't drink only water. You ought to drink a little wine for the sake of your stomach because you are sick so often. So Timothy actually had some kind of 
uh, problem in his stomach. He had some kind of problem with his gut health, as we would call it today. And so here's Paul saying wine can be a medicine. He says it can actually be a medicine. And he says, so I want you to drink wine because you're dealing with some type of illness. And we don't know if it was bad water he was drinking. We don't know if it was his gut health for other reasons. We just don't know. But the Bible does talk about the fact that wine has medicinal purposes. Alcohol can be medicinal to us. Of course, it's in moderation. And I think this is amazing. Here's what modern-day science says. One drink per day for women and two max per day for men is actually so good for you. It says it's healthy. It says it will prevent colon cancer, breast cancer, dementia. It's good for your heart, and then it's also good for your gut health. So it's actually something that can help you. So uh, science has proved that the Bible is 100% true in this particular area. So we see something good about alcohol, but is it just for medicinal purposes? Or can you also um, drink it moderately? Is it something you can, you can have on a regular basis? Well, Jesus himself, the first miracle that he performed was he turned water into wine. And we know it was real wine because the people at the wedding became really excited. They say, you saved the best for last. Usually the people uh, don't do that. Uh, They give us the best and then they give us the bad stuff once everybody's a little tipsy, right? And he said, I can't believe you did this. Jesus made real wine. Some, Some denominations and some people will say, Christians, they'll say that in the, in the Bible, wine was just grape juice. But then we'd have to say, because it's all the same Greek word everywhere you see it, or Hebrew word, um, how can you be drunk on grape juice, right? And, and grape juice is not medicinal like, like wine would be. So we know it's, it's actually alcohol. As a matter of fact, scholars tell us that um, Bible wine had the equivalent amount of alcohol as a modern-day beer would have today. So there was alcohol in it. But here's what's fascinating about Jesus. Um, Jesus drank. He did. And so he ran into the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the teachers of the law. They They were the legalistic religious people. And they were confronting him. And so he's, he's coming back at them. And I want you to hear what he says. It's absolutely amazing. Luke 7, 33. For John the Baptist used to go without food and never took a drop of liquor all his life. And you said, he must be crazy. So I want you to just think about this for a moment. John is Jesus' cousin. He's the one proclaiming, you know, prepare yourself, Jesus is coming. And he he hardly ate. He, he lived the real fasted life. He, he ate locusts, which was actually the fruit of a tree, not the insect, aren't you glad? And, and he fasted a lot. And so what is this telling us about religious people? If you're legalistic, you're going to find fault with anybody. So he never drank. He never overate. But they said he was crazy. But then listen to what Jesus said they said about him. It goes on to say in verse 44, but I eat my food and drink my wine, and you say, what a glutton Jesus is, and he drinks, and he has the lowest sort of friends. <laughs> Jesus actually drank. Now, we all know it was moderate, right? We know he wasn't drinking every night. We know he wasn't down in a six-pack every night. As a matter of fact, I was in Italy uh, many years ago now, and I went with Marilyn Hickey. Some of you know who she is, some of you don't. She's 90 years old now. But she was the first woman to ever uh, be on national TV as a, as a Bible teacher. And she stayed with it. I mean, she's still on, actually. 
but uh, just an amazing woman. She was doing a crusades in Italy, and she asked me to come help her, so I did. And I was preaching one Sunday night in a church there, and uh, I'm finished preaching, and the pastor and his two boys, they were in their late 20s, they took me out to eat. We ordered pizza, and the pastor and his two boys both ordered beer. Uh, so all of them had beer, and they wanted me to have beer, and I said, no, thank you. And then they got on my case, you Americans, you know, they, they said, what's wrong with you Americans? You think you're so much holier than us? And, and, and they just got all over me, and I said, guys, I just don't want any, that's, that's all. So we're eating our pizza, they're drinking their beer. And here's the conversation we had. They said, you know, we're not like you guys in America. We only drink beer when we eat pizza. They said, we don't, we don't drink it unless we're eating pizza. And we only have wine with our pasta. They said, we don't just open a, a six-pack and down it every night. And, and, and what I learned on that trip was they were very similar to Bible days. Liquor or alcohol was part of their culture. It was part of their eating experience. And, and so when Jesus had wine or he drank, it was going to be with a meal. In other words, it wasn't him over drinking. And that's really important for me to state. So I think the G filter says, hey, alcohol is okay to drink. I believe the Bible says it's, it's okay. So now you have to put it through the Y filter, you. You have to ask the question, can you handle it? And I read the scripture in lesson one. This is lesson three. And I have to read it again. It's, it's incredible scripture, and it reads like this, 1 Corinthians 6, 12. I can do anything I want to do if Christ has not said no, but some of these things aren't good for me. Even if I'm allowed to do them, I'll refuse to if I think they might get such a grip on me that I can't easily stop when I want to. <laughs> this is the Y filter. And boy, isn't this scripture appropriate with alcohol? Because some people can handle it and some people can't. 30% of Americans have what they call AUD, alcohol use disorder. An alcoholic would come under there. A binge drinker would come under there, 30%. A heavy drinker like I was uh, would come under there. And so that means three out of 10 people uh, in, in the room uh, are going to struggle. They, they, they have a problem with overusing alcohol. And so that means seven out of 10 people in a room probably don't have a problem. So you and I have to be really transparent. We have to put this through what we call the why filter. We have to ask ourselves, can I handle it? That's very, very important. Because remember, God's will is that only he influences our will. And so we have to ask, can I, can I handle this? You know what's amazing? Guys, overdrinking is also really bad for your health. And uh, 40% of hospital beds, if, if you exclude intensive care and maternity, so you, you, you don't count intensive care and maternity, 40% of hospital beds are filled with people who are there because of alcohol misuse. They're, they have some physical problem that was caused by overdrinking. Four out of 10 beds, excluding maternity and intensive care. That's mind-blowing. So here's one thing we know about overdrinking it will hurt your health. But here's another question we have to ask ourselves. Am I self-medicating? And that's a big deal. We have to ask, you know, is, is there something I need help with? Do I have a chemical imbalance? Um, or, you know, do I need to forgive someone? Am, am I drinking because of a pain that I haven't dealt with? And you have to answer that question for yourself. So you place it through the Y filter. So I'm going to use myself as an example. I do that often. And uh, so in my house, you will not find a six-pack 
in my refrigerator. You won't find a 12-pack. You won't find a cold bottle of wine in my fridge, in my house. It's just not something you're going to find. It's not going to be there. And here's why. I was a heavy drinker. And because I was a heavy drinker, the last thing in all the world that I want is to have a beer at night because one night I'd have one, the next night I had two, and probably the next night I'd have three. I mean, I have enough trouble not eating a whole box of Twinkies, right? So, I mean, the last thing I want is to have a six-pack in my house. But on the other hand, I do have a gallon of Gallo Paisano wine. It sits in our pantry on the floor, but I don't drink it. I use it to make my Italian red sauce. And it's one of my secret ingredients, and I'm not giving you any other secret ingredient. That's it. That's all I'm going to tell you. But once you taste wine, that's the only way you'll dine. If it's in your sauce, it's absolutely incredible. So I won't, I won't have a glass of that, though, because, again, I might be okay the first time, the second time. I'm not an alcoholic. I, can, you know, I, I don't have to drink every day uh, if I do drink, but I just sent 10 to overdo it. So for me, the why filter says, don't. But if Gina and I were on vacation, let's say it's our anniversary, we're out of town, and we wanted to have a glass of wine with the meal, I would be fine. It would not hurt me. I wouldn't have to go back to my room thinking, I need, I need more alcohol. How can I sneak out and get more? No, it would be fine. There's some kind of boundary there that keeps me safe. But I don't have it in my house. So some of you guys and some of you ladies, listen, you have to ask yourself the question, are you able to handle it? And if you have someone close to you, maybe your mate, uh, maybe your kids, whoever it is, your parents, uh, if they're telling you, hey, you're overdoing it, you really need to ask yourself, am I overdoing it? And that's really important because I realize you can drink a six-pack, a 12-pack, get used to it, be glassy-eyed, but not be falling over drunk, but it's really hurting your health. So that's the Y filter. And then we have to take it through the O filter. And that's, that's an interesting filter. And what we're asking is we're asking about our witness. Will we hurt our witness? And my answer would be in the culture we live in, no. If you were in a restaurant and you had a, whatever, a beer, a glass of wine, you're not going to cause people not to want to hear about your Jesus. But if you were falling down drunk or glassy-eyed and, you know, just people can tell you're, you're saying things you wouldn't normally say, then, then you could hurt your witness. It could hurt your witness greatly. So that, that's the first filter of the O filter. You have to ask, will this cause people not to want to know about the Jesus who I love and who I'm telling them about? <clears throat> and as long as you can uh, control yourself, I don't believe you're ever going to hurt your witness at all. But now, um, if you're in leadership in a church like myself, that's probably something that could cause somebody to stumble. And you have to ask yourself the questions of, you know, what you should and shouldn't do as you put it through that filter. But let's talk about the other side of that filter, which, which is what I call their weakness. And when we get to that side of the filter, all we're doing is we're saying, hey, you know what? I don't want to make a Christian stumble and fall back into drinking. So I'm going to be cautious about this. So you might know someone that's an AA, somebody that's you know was an alcoholic, and they might tell you, hey, it doesn't bother me if you have a drink at a restaurant when I'm with you. But if you don't know that, and you know someone has a problem, it's better not to drink in front of them. It's better to, to be very careful. That's why here at Believers, guys, we do grape juice for communion, 
instead of wine. Why? Well, 30% of the people, three out of 10 people sitting in the church service, if they tasted alcohol, it could send them into some crazy binge. So we use grape juice. That's why at a church function, we never offer alcohol. Why? Because there's going to be people there that can't handle it. Plus, in my opinion, it's the last thing we need to do together, right? And, and the Bible actually talks about that uh, in 1 Corinthians 9 and 10. It actually deals with that subject and says, that's better to just do at home by yourself if you're going to do it. So that's our GYO filter. I think we can conclude, hey, God's okay with it. You have to consider, can you handle it? You have to make sure you're not making people stumble when you're with people. And other than that, God's telling you, hey, this is not legalism. This is something you need to decide. Now we want to talk about marijuana. So, and I know you guys have just been waiting for this. And this one's pretty easy uh, because guess what? It's illegal in the state of Ohio. So uh, Romans 13 says, obey all the laws of the land. So that's it. Drop the mic. I'm done. You're not allowed to do it, right? No, listen, listen. you're going to ask me the question, what if I drive to Colorado, right? Or what if I fly there? Pastor Joe, am I allowed to do it as a Christian? That's a question we're wanting to know. And so I'm going to do my best to help you. Now, here's a scripture that people would use and try to say to you and I that God gives us permission. And it's in Genesis 129, and it goes like this. And look, I have given you the seed-bearing plants throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And they'll say, see, that God said we can have the herb. We can, we can smoke the dope, right? And, and, and of course, he's saying this is for food. And so let me ask you a question. Does anybody ever put marijuana in brownies for the taste or the texture? And I would have to say, no, it's not for the taste or texture. So that's not what this verse of scripture is talking about. But we do need to ask the question, uh, if you were in Colorado, would you be able, would it be in God's will for your life to go ahead and do that. And so I want to just share some facts about marijuana. And here's the first one. We know the legal name is cannabis, and marijuana contains roughly 500 compounds, which is absolutely, in my mind, mind-blowing. That's an incredible amount, 70 of which are psychoactive. THC is the main psychoactive ingredient in the marijuana plant. So there's 70 different ingredients that will make you high. That's what makes you high. And so with medical marijuana, they take that out. And Ohio is legal for medical marijuana, but they can take the part out that makes you high, and it still has the same medicinal purposes. But let's talk about psychoactive drugs. Psychoactive drugs are a chemical substance that acts primarily upon the central nervous system, where it alters brain function, resulting in temporary changes in perception, mood, consciousness, and behavior. And so remember, this is our big idea. God's will is that only he influences our will. And I think the question you have to ask yourself is, can you smoke marijuana and and not be drunk slash high? Because it's the same thing. We use two different names. And that's the question you have to ask yourself. So I'm going to go back to my story. Um, when I was living in the 70s, before I met Christ, I was a pothead, and uh, I smoked marijuana five to six times a week, and my brother Tony and I owned this gym called the Stowe Valley Barbell Club. He opened it. I closed it. So after I closed the door Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, um, I, I had a locker with a lock on it. I'd open it up in the locker room. I had a pipe, and I had a bag of marijuana, and I would usually typically smoke one pipe. 
And so for all the psychologists and counselors in the room, you're, you're after saying, oh my gosh, this guy is sick. He's getting high by himself, right? And so that's what I would do. And thankfully, Jesus has made me much more whole, right? And uh, so when I went out binge drinking, I had a couple friends, and then we'd do that. We'd do the marijuana first, and then we'd go out drinking. So here's what I can tell you about marijuana, because I, I was active with it. It only took a couple puffs, and, and, and I would be out of control. I'd be high. And, and I know that because I lived it. But here's what's mind-blowing. Get a hold of this stat. In the 70s and 80s, marijuana had 4% THC. That's per leaf. That's the mind-altering part. That's what I was smoking, right? Today, a leaf contains between 20 to 30% THC. That's five to seven times more. So I'm thinking two puffs, three puffs, I'm high. It's not like you have a glass of wine and you're normal. I mean, this stuff really got me high. So I'm thinking, I'm the kind of guy, I have to do research. So I told Gina, we need to fly to Colorado because in order to teach this, I, I have to go where it's legal. So we went out there and she, she's never touched marijuana. She didn't want to touch it, but I bought some. It's legal. Remember, I didn't break the law and I tried it. And so no, that's a joke. It's 100%. But I just gave someone some fodder really to, somebody can really cut and paste that and make me say something, right? I did not do that. So I want to make sure you know that. I didn't have to do it because I smoked the 4%. So I know 20 to 30 is really, really crazy. So if you were to ask me, we have to look by principle because the Bible doesn't come right out and give us prohibition or permission. So by principle, and our principle really is our big idea, God's will is that only he influences our will. This is a psychoactive, mind-altering drug. I would say, no, no, you can't. Uh, I, I believe it would be wrong for you to smoke marijuana. And I want you to know, I, I interviewed guys in the lobby for the last six weeks, guys I knew my age that smoked a lot of dope, and, and I asked them, what do you think about this? You know, and there was a couple that said, oh, I could smoke a whole doobie or joint and be okay. And I said, yeah, yeah, you build up a tolerance. I understand that. But still, um, because it's that psychoactive drug, it really gets you drunk really quick. And so my, my question would be, what's the purpose? The purpose isn't to self-medicate or be drunk. The purpose is having a glass of wine or a beer where it's not, you're still in control versus the marijuana. So you can disagree with me. You can agree with me. That's all cool. But here's where I want to close. You ready? Colossians 3.17. And I think this needs to be our mantra for every one of us. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And I think, boy, as a Christian, this is how I want to live my life. I want to be a representative. I want to be in control. I don't want anything else controlling me. I don't want to cross a line I would not normally cross. I don't want to wake up the next morning and say, man, I wish I didn't do that. I don't want to get in a car accident or get caught for speeding and end up with a ticket for drunk driving or high driving or whatever it is. And I think all of us want to come to that level. And all of us want to understand God's will is for him to influence our will. I trust I made a point. I trust I made a great point to you. Let's go ahead and pray. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for every person in this room. And I know right now, Lord, I know there's some folks saying, man, I don't know if I can give up my doobies, uh, my, my weed, whatever you call it today. I know. I know. Guys, here's the cool thing about God. Like we said last week, 
You keep pursuing him and he'll let you know. He told me, stop it. He'll let you know. He'll let you know. He'll make it real to you. So this might be the first time you ever heard a, a pastor say it's wrong for marijuana. But there's a, also a bunch of you in here. You, you've been over drinking and, and God spoke to you. Your hearts, not these ears, but your hearts. He spoke to you during this message. And now he's going to nag you. you. You probably wish you never came to church because he'll. now that you heard the Bible, he's going to stay on your case. But we have this moment here. God's presence is in this room. And I just want to encourage you to let go if you have a problem when you put this thing through the Y filter. If you need help, we have all kinds of help here. We, we have an incredible group that you can become part of our small group. And that's actually going to be in the lobby this weekend. So check it out. Jeff's going to be out there. Talk to Jeff about Celebrate Recovery, and he'll be glad to hook you up and help you. And there's nothing to be ashamed of if we struggle in an area. I just stood up here, guys, and told you, hey, I don't have it in my house because I don't trust myself. And, and if that's you, God's going to give you the grace to throw it down the drain and walk away from it. And God's placed people who love you in your life to help you do it. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And I'm sure God spoke to all of us about many things, even if this isn't something we're dealing with. And I just want to encourage you to stay in an attitude of prayer. And you know what? Maybe you're here today and you're not sure of your eternity. And that's, that's the most important thing, or we could say the first step, because, uh, I mean, God's awesome. The Bible's awesome. But if you don't make it to heaven... It's only going to help you down here, right? And in order to make it to heaven, you, you have to give your heart to Jesus. So right now, I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church, if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. Those are great things. But you can do all those and never know Jesus. I, I did all those and didn't know Jesus. You have to know him. You have to accept him as your Savior. So Jesus said, whoever calls on my name, I'll save them. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to God unless they go through me. So if you're here right now, you say, Pastor Joe, I can't remember a day in my life when I did that, but I'm ready today. I'd like you to pray with me. Just mean it from your heart. Everyone else in the room, can we help them pray? Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the Savior, and I make a decision today to follow you. Amen. The heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen up, listen up. A miracle happened if you prayed that prayer and you meant it. A miracle happened. God washed all your sins away. God gave you the gift of eternal life. Heaven's your future destination. God's your Father. <laughs> it's amazing what just happened in your life. You may not have felt it, but it all happened. Here's something else that I, I love. I can't wait someday in the future to experience it. But if one person on planet Earth accepts Jesus, the Bible says all of heaven erupts in celebration. God himself is up there celebrating, like we did after our worship songs today. Heaven's celebrating. They're so excited. Why? Because a new child has been born into the kingdom. The Bible says we're all the children of God by placing faith in Christ Jesus. That's how we become one of God's kids. So I want to be able to find out after this service tonight, and tomorrow I'll be here live, I, I want to hear, man, that people crossed over and accepted Christ tonight. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. We're not going to ask you to stand. not going to ask you to get out of your seat. But if you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I prayed that prayer. I gave my heart to Jesus. 
can you let us know by raising your hands? Just lift them up. And here's what's happening. The ushers are going to give you a Bible. So if, if they didn't get to you yet, keep your hand up. The rest of us are praying, man. And just say, Pastor Joe, I prayed that prayer, didn't receive a Bible. Thank you, guys. The ushers are looking. Wave your hand. They're, they're looking hard for you right now. Ushers, look in the front couple rows, too, because they might be some up here. Congratulations to each and every one of you. We're so proud of you. Congratulations. Awesome. Everybody can look up. The MC is going to come close service down. While they're doing that, can we give it up for everybody that accepted Christ? Let's let them know how excited we are. We're so happy for each and every one of you. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.